Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. On a Saturday! It's All Even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, comment, because the page is growing, baby. That All Even Wave, I keep telling y'all, don't get caught on the corner and the bus is just driving off. You want to be on that bus. You want to be on that all-even wave. Lots to get into. Jacob DeGrom continues to amaze and puts himself in the discussion as greatest Met pitcher of all time. I'll discuss that. Phone a friend is back with fellow podcaster Courtney Harden. We're definitely going to have a good conversation. Lots to talk about NFL, NBA. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Sometimes I don't know what I'm watching. Sometimes I'll watch a Met game and, you know, I'll be so emotional. I'll be angry because we might have given up the lead. Bullpen blows the lead. We lose the game. Somebody's not hitting. But when Jacob DeGrom is pitching, it's a different feeling. It's it's a feeling of of joy, of 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 just... Pure jubilation. Sometimes it can get a little dicey because, you know, the Mets don't score any runs for him. And he continues to not get any any wins. But what we're witnessing right now out of Jacob DeGrom is something that I, I've never witnessed in my lifetime. I've never seen a guy literally be unhittable. Jacob DeGrom last night, 15 strikeouts. He even had two hits, had an RBI, got a win. He's 2-1 and one in the season. And I'm starting to, to think this is, this is something special, what we're seeing. This is a once-in-a-generation type of pitcher. He really is. A guy that just has captivated New York, has captivated the baseball world. And I'm starting to think... Is he the best pitcher that the Mets have ever had? Obviously, when we think about greatest pitchers in Met history, Tom Seaver, rest in peace, is at the top of that list. So does he compare to Tom Seaver, in my opinion? I am going to say yes. Listen, 
I know that the numbers in regards to wins are not there. But when we talk about strikeouts to walk ratio, ERA, very, very eerily similar. Tom Seaver in his career with the Mets, 12 years, 198 wins, a 2.57 ERA. Jacob deGrom, eight years with the Mets, 72-52 and 52 record, a 2.55 ERA. You see what I'm talking about? Eerily similar. Now, obviously, the wins will never be there for Jacob deGrom to even come close to Tom Seaver's 300-plus wins or even 198 wins in a Met uniform. But Jacob deGrom's impact and what he's done with this franchise is very close. I'm not saying that he's going to be better than Seaver, but there's a conversation to be had. There's definitely a conversation to be had. Jacob deGrom, to me, is the best pitcher in baseball. It's not even close. I don't care about the Shane Biebers, the Walker Buellers, Garrett Coles. None of those guys touch Jacob deGrom. And if Jacob deGrom had the run support and the wins, it would be undeniable to everyone. The man had 15 strikeouts last night. Two RB, like, it's, it's like 15 strikeouts is the norm for this guy. He is phenomenal. And for where he came from, you know, being a shortstop in the system and not being that great, and then he ends up converting himself into a pitcher, and then he has that great game against the Yankees in the Subway Series, and that was his welcome to the major leagues moment where he's just, he was so dominant. And, you know, we always say that, okay, when there's no book on a pitcher, you're always going to look better. There's been eight years Eight years of information, eight years of tape, books on Jacob deGrom, and it's all the same result. DeGromination, domination of these batters, dominating New York, and hell, the only thing that's left for him to do is win a World Series in a Met uniform. You know, you got Yankee fans talking about, oh, well, I feel sorry for Jacob deGrom. He's not getting any wins with you guys. He, he'll be in pinstripes soon. Like, no. He's never going to be in pinstripes. The only pinstripes he will be in is in Met pinstripes. He's not going anywhere. The Mets are not going to make the same mistake trading DeGrom just like how they traded Seaver. They're not going to do it. It almost shocked me yesterday. I was watching the game, and then I, I look up and I say, it's 4 nothing. When the hell was the last time the Mets scored four runs for Jake? And listen, he even contributed to the runs last night, so three. It's it's just utterly insane how focused and how locked in and how dialed in this guy is. Every start is a quality start. And every time he goes out there, the Mets should be winning these games. But they don't. But how he can be able to stop a losing streak. The Mets just got swept by the Cubs. And he stops the losing streak right in its tracks. Doesn't give up a run dominates the entire lineup twice over. And I ain't going to lie to you. You know, a little tear came to my eye. Like, this is, this is beautiful. It's beautiful. How is this man so great? Now I understand why Tom Brady fans feel the way they feel. Like, how emotional they get when they watch Brady. 
That's how I feel about Jacob DeGrom. It's great. Tom Seaver is not here anymore to witness such greatness. But I hope that we end up winning a World Series for him. I hope we end up winning a World Series to just put a cherry on the top of this phenomenal career, this great story of this meteoric rise of this nobody that just came out of nowhere and dominated baseball and made us all proud, all of us proud, to be Mets fans. Coming up after the break, phone a friend with my man Courtney Harden on a Saturday. It's all leaving. I've had so many people tell me that Anchor is great. Anchor is this. Anchor is that. But I have to tell you, man, those people were right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why wait? Get at it now. Welcome back, y'all. So now to my favorite segment, Phone a Friend. Call him up, 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 call him up. Call him up, call him up, call him up. I'm beating for a reason, trying to stay undefeated, yeah. Call him up, call him up, call him up. Call him up, call him up, call him up. Call him up, call him up, call him up. Game of the season, don't lie, we're all leaving, yeah. Who we have on the show today is a fellow podcaster like myself. He is the host of his own podcast, The Real Deal, with Courtney Harden. Welcome to the show, my man, Courtney Harden. Thanks, man. Thank you for um, inviting me. I really appreciate it. Big fan of your show. Uh, it's uh, glad to glad to be on, man. It's uh, glad to, you know, just to be on another podcast and just talk some sports. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. You know, I, I, I reached out to you because, you know, I definitely like your work. Um, Thank you. You know, we have some we have some mutual friends as well. I've seen that you had uh, Gabby Rosenthal on your show, yep. uh, Nithin on your show. So, you know, shouts to them. Definitely uh, good people. So, you know, let's kind of get into your origin story, Courtney, because, yeah. you know, we all get into sports and we all love sports, but we all have different backgrounds. And what what made you go the podcast route? Like, what was it that actually, you know, made you kind of, you know, go into that particular field? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, from the beginning, you know, growing up, watching sports, loving the whole thing of just competition, uh, played sports uh, throughout you know, my uh, high school, junior high, high school, and um, just being a fan, just being yeah. a fan of, of the, you know, of sports and, you know, and then being fans of like, I, I used to love reading the, the sports section of the newspaper. I, I've right. always loved that uh, sports magazine, sports illustrated uh, definitely back in the day and uh, the sporting news. I remember that they, they, I think they still have their, I think yeah, their website's still up too. So, but yeah, yeah just getting that reading stats, um, collecting cards, all those things I did research. And that's the one thing I still love to do is just do researching on players, scouting reports, all that. I've like, always been committed to that. So nice, nice. Um, yeah, debating with my friends, arguing with my friends, you know, and, and everything and who's the best player, who's the best teams and all this. And then, you know, just, 
a lot of times my friends will always say, Dan, you should have done, you should do radio. Like you, you, you love sports that much. You love talking about it. You love always arguing about it. You should do radio. And I kind of wanted to do it, but I was never, when we were young, we was just never wanted to commit to it. I was like, yeah, I do this for fun, but I, I definitely wanted to do radio, but I didn't want to put the work in, yeah. in that way. So, uh, so fast forward to later, uh, I'll say like 2014, I started writing for a couple of websites and uh, then they, the one of the websites, they said, you want to start a podcast? Nice. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, let's do it. You know, I, I've always kind of wanted to do it. I said, this might be my time to do it. Like, you know, before right. didn't want to commit to us so all committed to it. So then had a podcast called the takeover. That was in 2014. That's when it all started. Continued to do it for a long time. Uh, got burnt out, sat out a year in 2018 came back in 2019 that's when I started the real deal with Courtney Harden gotta give a shout out to my wife she pushed me uh and continues to keep pushing me she said nice you know you committed you want to commit to this that, that you need to just do it you just need to do it full time just you know start that podcast get it with some people like you said some mutual friends that we know right and you know just commit to it so I gotta definitely give her a lot of credit uh for pushing me back into doing this so that's where the real deal with Courtney Harden started and um we from there that's where it started from since 2014 awesome awesome now you know you mentioned something pretty interesting in regards to burnout mm, now mm-hmm. you know i've i've heard this word thrown around a lot you know with my fellow podcasters people that i speak to you know even in different industries as well but you know kind of take me through that I, you know you don't have to really go into anything personal but that burnout was it was it more of like okay i'm i'm doing too much and i need to slow down or was it just like i i need to pursue something else right now because i'm you know i'm kind of i i lack the the motivation or the inspiration to do this right now and maybe i need to step away yeah yeah that's a good question and yes it's a burnout's a real thing and i think it's a combination of both yeah i think it was i was putting out so much uh, content like every week from from 2014 to 2018 I was putting out content almost every single week sometimes wow. twice two three times a week yeah and I was committed like I was just, this this is all I want to do is right just to put out content just to get my voice heard and trying to elevate the podcast so that's that was a lot of, of that and I think that just burnt me out and then it just, then it started to get like, I'm only doing it just to do it. Now I'm just like, eh, I want, I need to put out a show on Saturday. And then boom, I put out a show Saturday. I put out a show Saturday, but I felt like I wasn't giving it my all later on. So that, that burned me out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take this. I didn't think it was going to be a year, but it felt good to kind of just, you know, refresh yeah, and, you know, rejuvenate yourself. And at that time I wasn't, I thought about not even doing it anymore, but there was so much sport news. You know how it is. Sport news yeah, of course. all the time. Constant. I, yeah, not just even sports, just in general. And I was like, man, I still want to talk about this thing. And so, like I said, my wife talked. She said, won't you just reach out to someone, reach out to some of these other, uh, some other people that do this. And now you can just, you can take those breaks. You can take it. I know one thing is consistency is always best. Yes. So, but now I take breaks now. I'm like, okay, I, for my own mental health, my own mental self, I, I'll take a break. I, like, I'm not going to do a show this Saturday. I, I want to do something else. I want to, so yeah, burnout is definitely a real thing. So it's all about, to me, committing. You definitely want to be consistent. And I, I've, I've talked with some other people that say they, they'll do a show for like six months and then they'll sit out for a couple of months. They'll say, oh, season one was this. 
and then we're going to sit out two, three months, and we're going to come back in season two, three months later. So I'll do that. So yeah, I think taking breaks is, is definitely something that we all should do just in general. Yeah, no, nah, that's 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 great, great, the way you kind of explain that, and shouts to you for even realizing that, because a mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, especially in our culture, especially in the Black culture, like, we just feel yeah. that we just got to push through all the time, and, mm-hmm. and you know, if we, if we stop, it's a sign of weakness, or we're not doing anything, or it's like, you know what I mean? But the fact yeah. that you can be able to recognize and say, listen, I need to step away, because creative, you know, creatively, I'm not there. My passion is not there. And I yep. don't want to put out a show that's subpar. So why do it? You know what I mean? Like, so right, I, I, right. I understand that because, you know, I've, I've been doing this since last July. And, you know, my friend shouts to him, John John, on the uh, Fan Perspective podcast. He calls me 24-7 Barry because, you know, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't stop, you know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's continuous content. And, you know, I don't, I hope that I never get to that burnout phase, but speaking to more people, it's, it's something that I'm aware of and something right. that I'm always going to be aware of and not, you know, if that, if that feeling starts to creep up, I know exactly what it is and I need to, I need to kind of like address it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I definitely um kudos to you for even realizing that because a lot of people don't. Yeah. And that, that's that's true. And then and another thing you said, yeah, it's it's OK to take a little break. Like, I mean, you don't have to take months off. You can yeah. take like a day or two. Like uh, we, we talked about earlier, Nathan Ramachandra, yes. he, he grinds. He, he I mean, he puts out three, four shows a day and me and him talk all the time. And he always asks, like, should I take a break? I said, you might have to. You might need to because. If you don't, you will burn yourself. I mean, you will burn yourself out. Like, take no, take a weekend. Take the stick right. that weekend off. We know you're gonna come back in on that Monday and grind it out. It, you know, it, it doesn't question your your work ethic, your hard work that you put in. It's just that you got to take for yourself. And sometimes life happens too. Like, of course, that, that you know you have you know you have you know family and and you know some have kids and things like that. Others have other jobs. Like, I mean, with the podcast. What I do for the podcast, this is to me, I mean, this is not my full-time job. I got to, I have a full-time job. Right. And if I don't feel like putting the podcast out, I'll sometimes have to reschedule or, or do these things. And, and I'm, I'm okay with that. And people understand like, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's set it up for another day. I mean, I need a day or two just to take off and just to relax my mind or whatever, or you got something else going on. Um, you know, so yeah, I try to space it out now where I have shows like even this week, like sometimes I'll put out two, three shows a week, but this week I didn't put out a show till today. Right. So I took the whole week off and I was good with that. I'm like, yes, this is cool. So yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I think, I think it is, it's, it's good to take, take those necessary breaks and when you, when you need to. No, that's definitely, that's definitely, and shouts to you for that. Like I said, Um, yeah, thank you. You know, I listened to your show with um, Gabby, uh, What's on that last name? I always, I always. Rosenthal. No, no, no. The other uh, Gabby in Boston. Oh, uh, her, her butt. Yeah, her butt. Her butt. Yeah. yeah, you know, yep. she, she's very, very knowledgeable. Shouts to her. You know, Boston balling. I, I, yep. I like Boston that podcast yes. you guys had. So, um, where, where, where are you from? Are you from Pennsylvania? You're from Philly? Like, where, where, where are you from? No, I'm actually from upstate New York. Okay. Uh, born and raised. Uh, shout out to upstate New York, Elmira, and I've lived in Philly for the last 
eight years now. Okay. So, but I've uh, been a big, huge Eagles fan, as you yeah. see. Uh, so huge Eagles fan, but uh, yeah. So, but yeah, shout out to Gabby, um, Earl, but as you said, uh, the connection and everything too um, from that. So just reached out to her and um, found her on Facebook and uh, then we got a, we had a connection. She was on my show and that's where the connection came from. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So, I guess we'll we'll kind of segue into the biggest topic right now. It's okay. on everybody's mind. It's the NFL <laughs> draft. Yep. Everybody is going nuts over this NFL draft, Courtney. You know, people don't know who's going where and what teams <laughs> may be trading up. So, you know, I I am fascinated by the quarterback position mm. in the draft. You know, you, we have the top five quarterbacks in the draft. You have Mac Jones. You have Lawrence, you have Wilson, you have Trey Lance, and you have Justin Fields. Now, I said on my show, two, I think it was, yes, Tuesday, that I, I ranked them. I have Wilson five. I okay. had Justin Fields four. Okay. I had Mac Jones three, Trey Lance two, and I had uh, Lawrence at one. And, you know, being down here or being over here in, um, in, in New York, of course, the Jets are are the big thing right now. You know, they, yeah. they they are they are the franchise that's trying to get right. And <laughs> to me, I just I don't see what they see in Zach Wilson, Courtney. I really mm, don't. Mm. I don't see the magic there. I don't see right. the the special. He may be a very good quarterback if he's surrounded with the necessary pieces. Right. But right. I still don't see special with him. Because everybody goes crazy about pro days. It's it's kids that are throwing in shorts. There's no defense. <laughs> They're throwing to a wide receiver that's fast as hell, can be able to catch most things. So it's like, I don't see that as impressive. And then, you know, going a little forward into this, he played at BYU, not heavy competition. The right. one time he did play against some stern competition in, in Coastal Carolina, he had a pedestrian game. So if I have anything to be able to look at and say that, hey, maybe he doesn't do well against steep competition, that concerns me. Like, you know, right. what are your thoughts on that? I yeah, I agree. I think that competition really um, is is key to you know when you're drafting, and I'm intrigued by the draft too, just like you are. I'm, I'm always loving to see where these teams, where these players go, right, and where you know where they're committed to, and things like that. So. I agree with you with the BYU and Zach Wilson because I think with him, maybe he's got wait, 6'3", 210, so he's got yeah. some size, and he's impressed. But I, I, I agree with you with the, with the you know pro days and the, the combine. I'm never impressed with that because, no. as you said, it's players in shorts that are running, they're, they're, you know, they're jumping, they're throwing, they're, they're doing all these things, but there's no defense. Like to me, to me, it it comes down when you play on Sunday, that's where you can see, or even Saturday when you're playing on Saturday, that's where you get your game tapes. And that's where you get your, you know, your scouting reports from. Um, I don't know why to me, I was, I just did a show. Like I said, I just did a show an hour ago. We were talking NFL draft. We were talking about the quarterbacks and they said this Trevor Lawrence is the most talented QB. I think he's the, He's the guy that I think is going to move the needle when it comes to, to yes. the QB position. Um, I think all the hype, I think it's real. I think it's going to be real and everything with him. But to me, I, I you know, I still, um, I'm a Justin Fields guy. I don't okay. know why the, the questions now of him slipping in the draft. And I don't get that. I don't know why the Jets at number two just don't commit 
to Justin Fields. I, you know, he's played the competition. He's been in these big games and played well in these big games. Right. He was in the national championship. Right. He was in the playoffs, you know, the college playoffs. And he went toe to toe with Trevor Lawrence uh, and Matt Jones. So it's not like, you know, so he has the competition. He has the resume to do this. So, uh, you know, I don't know, like I said, the height of Zach Wilson. I mean, I, I like Trey Lance. I think he yeah. should be, you know, maybe higher up in there in, in that range too. I think uh, he may be the most talented quarterback. Yes. Right. Period. Right. The, the upside, the athleticism yeah. and everything, everything about him, I think fits what a lot of teams are looking for. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe that Zach Wilson, he, he impressed the Jets enough to be number two, but that's not, that's I, not saying much, Gordy. That's not, not saying much at all. Right. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like fields is to, to me is more talented than uh, Zach Wilson. I um, agree. I agree. Now you, you made a, a, a good point about Justin Fields is that he's, he's playing against stern competition, big 10, he plays the big yep. schools and he's, he's went toe to toe with big guys. But I think here's the, Here's the knock on him. Here's what I see. And then mm. here's what other people see. The one thing I see that kind of puts him down a peg to me, not much, just puts him down a peg is his mechanics. I don't like his right. mechanics. I think that he's young enough and it all depends on where he goes for them to be able to correct those, those, those errors that he has throwing the football in regards to, you know, how he throws it. But those things can be fixed. Yeah, athleticism, his speed, you know, his escapability, those things you can't teach. And he has those those qualities. So I like that. But I what I think is the problem why he may be slipping in a lot of people's minds and boards is that he's he plays at Ohio State, Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. Most quarterbacks that come out of Ohio State, they flush out Cardell Jones. Um, you know, the list goes on. Like Greg McElroy, yeah, right. right they right, just right. they just don't they don't produce in the NFL. And I think that scares a lot of people because it's like they always have this prototypical type of quarterback, mobile, be able to have you know, has a big arm. It works in college, but for some reason it doesn't translate into the into the NFL. So maybe that's why they're kind of knocking him down a bit, but it shouldn't knock him down outside of the top six. It really shouldn't. It shouldn't. You know, I, I think that I think that he should still go top six. I agree. I totally agree. And I, I get the knock. I, I do. I think you said mechanically, I think his mechanics could be fixed. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks have a lot of different, yeah. you know, mechanic, mechanical flaws in their game, how they throw the football and things like that. I mean, Phil Rivers had a, terrible mechanics when he yes. comes to throwing the football, yes. but he had a 17 year career. Right. <laughs> so, and you know, and productive career right. for the most part. So, uh, so yeah, that can be fixed. But as you said, he has all the intangible. He has, he's been a, a pretty good leader. Uh, he's led, I mean, you say led Ohio state and, you know, I, and I was, I was talking with um, Paige DeMacos. I was talking with her. I've had her on the show. Yeah. Um, she's, uh, she does the draft network. Shout out to her. Nice. And, she she was breaking down Justin Fields. She was saying Justin Fields should be number two. He should be right behind. Yeah, a lot of people Justin are saying Lawrence. that. Right. And I was agreeing with her. I was like, yes, I I totally agree. I think he should be two or three at least, yes. top three. And but she said that we have to maybe get over the stigma of those Ohio State quarters. Yes. And I know teams have to say yes. It's yeah, we have those Cardell Jones as you said and Greg McElroy's. They they just they flush out. They just they don't pan out. 
but maybe Justin Fields is above them. Maybe he has something that's, you know, maybe different. Maybe he has that it factor. He has the big arm. He has the escapability. He has all the intangibles to be a productive quarterback, but it's going to be one of those things where if, if he keeps slipping, because right now in a lot of draft boards, he's slipping. Mock drafts, he's slipping outside the top six, outside the top ten. Really? I've seen some draft boards had him at, you know, maybe maybe New England moves up, maybe get him at ten or something like that. But if he keep if he slides, and I don't know why the 49ers, they're you know, they're all in on uh, Mac Jones. I I got no disrespect to Mac Jones. He's a winning quarterback. I just don't think he's going to you know move the needle. Maybe he's going to be in that system. But the 49ers maybe should jump on Justin Fields. I think that Fields should be the, their guy. But they look, they're committed to Mac Jones, so hopefully they don't make that mistake. Well, we don't we don't know exactly because the thing is, you know, with Kyle yeah. Shanahan, he is a shrewd operator. He is, and, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 with this draft, you know, there's a lot of posturing going on. There's a lot of yes. reports that are being pushed out there to kind of take teams away from looking at this player or maybe – feeling pressure to draft somebody else so that the other team can get the player that they want. So there's always a lot of back, back, you know, yeah. you know uh, backyard dealings and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Always. But, um, but listen, <laughs> I, I am in the minority here, Courtney. I okay. think that Mac Jones. Okay. <laughs> has some special ability. I, listen, call me crazy, but hear me out. Hear me out with this. Yep. I've never heard of a quarterback that gets vilified mm. for the weapons and where he's gone, except Mac Jones. When we, when we look for quarterbacks in the NFL, Courtney, we always say quarterback needs weapons. He needs an offensive line. He needs oh. all of these things around him so yep. he can be able to win. Mac Jones had that in Alabama. And yep. what did he do? He executed and he, he did his job efficiently. Yeah. He anything that he was asked to do, he did it. Now, granted, of course, he had Jalen Waddle and, and Devontae Smith and all of these great talents. But at the end of the day, you still need to deliver the football to these guys. Right. right exactly. If he was under throwing these guys when they're wide open, if they're down the sideline and he's throwing the ball five yards out of bounds, they would be killing Mac Jones. He probably wouldn't even get drafted. But we're right. still, but we're killing this kid because he played with exceptional talent. That, to me, is not a great knock. Now, granted, there's a little bit of other stuff that people say that, you know, tight window throws, you know, he um, he, did, he didn't execute those as well, but he didn't have to because those guys were open. They were <laughs> wide open. And Super it's like, oh, right, and it's like, you know, okay, well, he never played from behind. That's not his problem either. Right, so right. It's like, so all of these knocks I hear, it's like, I, it, it's not a reason not to take this guy high. I get it, but, you know, you can't there, – there's certain things called winning intangibles, and you can't measure that in the 40 time. You can't That's measure true. that in the combine. You can't even measure that with arm strength because the guy that I always think about that flew under the radar and was dogged in his combine or his grades was Tom Brady. They said yeah. he was They said that he didn't, he didn't play enough at Michigan because he shared, he shared snaps with Drew Henson. They said that he didn't have a plus arm. They said that he will always be a backup quarterback. He didn't understand the game as well. What are we talking about now? Right. So, so it's like, <laughs> you know, it's time to, you know, it's time to look at guys a little differently. If they're in winning programs and they perform at a high level, 
they should be celebrated for that instead of that being a knock. Like, you know, I get that guys have their jobs to do. They have to, you know, micro analyze and overanalyze mm. things because all we do is talk about the draft for four months until it comes up. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's enough already. I've heard enough negative things about Mac Jones. I want to hear more positives because that's what we always do. We always focus on the negatives with certain players and, you know, to me, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't get the extreme knock on this kid because he's a winner. He's, he's yeah. really a winner. He's a winner and you're right. And then the, yeah, the extreme knock, I think that's where we get overboard with it is there should be not that extreme. Like if you knock a player for, like you said, their tangibles, their skill set, or whatever that, you know, whatever that may be. Okay. So you know, you're just picking them apart, but Matt Jones, he's got something. He's got yeah. something for teams to – I mean, for the, if the 49ers pick him at three, they go up to move up to pick him at three. There's something they see in him. Right. And you said he was in a winning program. Yes. Does he – is he one of those players maybe projected if he's in the right system? Yeah, there, there's those type of guys. There's just system quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, Joe Burrow, he was in a really – great situation two years ago elite right elite right. he had elite talent around him right and you know they didn't knock him they said oh he's got great he 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 could pin he got those pinpoint um those passes he can yes. do these things arm talent all this but yeah mag jones i don't think that extreme you know i just don't for me he's just he's just I don't think he's just as good as a couple of those guys ahead of him. And that's no that's knock fair. on him. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? There's, there's no knock on him. Right. And yeah, could, will he fit maybe in San Francisco? Probably. New England? Maybe. That's a, a good system for him. Those type of teams, and maybe that's what it is. But like you said, he's got to still deliver the football to these receivers. And we always say quarterbacks are as good as their talent around them, good as their offensive line, blocking for them in a good running game. That's, yeah. To me, that's what makes a great, a really good quarterback. Then, uh, then there's others like Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, this guy's just outworldly, right. or Aaron Rodgers, or right. outworldly. But they still need talent. They still that's need right. to be able to throw football. If not, you'd be like, you know, go with the Eagles. Don McNabb, he never had a lot of great talent around right. him, uh, you know. So, but it was a, was an exceptional quarterback, but he just never had great talent around him. But uh, he still led the Eagles to a Super Bowl and five NFC championships. But you still need talent. And, people to pull and, and you know office line to block for you and receive the football too. Yeah. You you need all those things. So you know it's 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 just it just makes me laugh when I hear people talk about Mac Jones and that's the only thing they bring up. Like, well, look what he played with. Like that doesn't make sense. I would right. love to play with guys like that when I was playing ball. Like I would love yes. to play with all stars so I can just be able to throw the ball and lob it and get 15, 17 assists a game. That looks better for yeah. me. You know right, I mean? so right, exactly. It, it's just it, it's one of those things where I, I always find funny. But outside of the quarterbacks, Courtney, who do you see that's projected to go into the top ten, falling out of the top ten? Mm, that's a really good question. Wow. Uh, let's see. I think I think like a player like Jalen Waddle. Okay. I think he could get out of the top ten only because of of where the teams that need a receiver, you know, yes. like, like the Cowboys don't need a receiver. I don't think Denver nearly needs a receiver. So teams that are in the top 10, maybe don't need a, they, they don't need to go heavy on receiver. Now right. they, they're going to fall like outside of the top 10. Uh, Devontae Smith maybe might slip maybe to, you know, the Eagles or somebody like that, that, that could happen, but that's like, that's right outside the top 10. So I can see maybe those, those couple of guys, might not make the top ten. Maybe Patrick Sertain, depending on what Dallas does. Uh, 
he might slip outside of the top 10, but not so far outside of the top 10. So I think those are a couple of the players that could slip right out of the top 10. Okay, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, you're an Eagles fan, and mm-hmm. you guys need a lot. It's <laughs> not yes. just one thing. You need a myriad. Right, right. <laughs> so at number 12, what do you want them to get? Like, what is the number one, you know, thing that you want the Eagles to, to grab? Right. So we'll talk about the needs first. What they need, they need receiver. <laughs> they need offensive line help. Yes. They need linebacker. They need cornerback. Right. Definitely need a secondary. Help. Yes. And secondary help. So those are the needs. Those are the biggest needs. So they need a lot of help. Uh, I think they would, I think they need to still um, get a wide receiver. I, okay. I think they need wide receiver help. And as we talked about, Waddle Smith could be there at 12. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm good with either one. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I loved, I loved if they would have stayed at six and got Jamar Chase, but um, but now that they they slipped, they went back to number 12. I think they need to get one of those two guys, or they could go corner, they could go cornerback as well. So I'm I'm all for if they if they get a wide receiver or a cornerback. Okay, okay, that's fair. Now I want to see if you agree with me on this, Courtney. Mm-hmm. I am sick and tired of hearing about Devontae Smith's weight. Mm, mm-hmm, I'm sick mm-hmm. of it. I'm yes. sick of it. I am yes. so sick of it. This is a kid. He's not. He's not even in his grown man body yet. Right. And everybody's right. talking about well, he's 165 pounds. Blah blah blah. But can you stop him? Can <laughs> you can you jam him at the line and stop him from getting open? Right. That's the problem because nobody has been able to do that. So it doesn't really matter how big he is because. At, at the same time, okay, he can, he can get drafted, Courtney, and then by next year, he can put on 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah. The year after yeah. that, he can put on another 15 pounds of muscle. Right. So now we're talking about a kid that's now at, what, 190, 195, maybe 200 yep. pounds. We're talking about a different situation. So why is this such a big thing? Why do people have to focus on a guy's weight? The last time we heard about a guy – that was probably undersized and maybe 150 pounds or so he's going into the hall of fame and he's one of the highest scoring point guards of all time. And we're talking about Allen Iverson. So it's like, why do we focus on weight? If the guy (laughs) can play, he can play. play. Yeah, exactly. If he can play, he's got speed. He can get open. He's, I mean, was a huge, I mean, explosive playmaker. His footwork is crazy. Yes. Yes. So I, I don't like, I don't understand that. Like people talk about size and weight and everything. I mean, they're okay. We'll go with a receiver Tyreek Hill. Right. Okay. They talk about his size. He's too small. He's this and that, but has anybody been able to stop him? They can't, really? can't stop him. He's one of the top to, to a lot of people. When we talk football, top receiver, some have him at the best receiver in football, top three, top four, right. Whatever, wherever you rank them. I mean, and he's, he's won a Super Bowl. He's gotten to another one. And he goes, I mean, he's got speed. He can't stop him. Like I said, he goes over the top. And he's got that speed, that that sprinter speed. Yeah. He's explosive. So, I don't think yeah, the size thing, they can gain weight. Deshaun Jackson, he was another one. Like, right. they talked about the man's weight. But one of the best game breakers we've ever seen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I, I like, Devontae Smith, they, yeah, they, they, weren't, they couldn't stop him in college. I think he said he could get, he can gain weight in a year or two. He's still growing into that. Exactly. I agree. Still yeah. going to his man, Bob. He's still going to his body. He's a young kid. 
So he can get he can get that that weight and still have that explosiveness, still have that speed. And whoever the team that gets him, they got a good quarterback that can get him the ball, put him in space. Oh, it's going to be luck. special to watch. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a problem. It's going to yeah. be a huge problem. So yeah, I yeah I'm, I'm not like I said when people talk about the weight of a player, uh, of an athlete. They can gain that weight and and they can they can be a, a Hall of Fame caliber player. Definitely, definitely. Now, Courtney, I'm a I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I, I, am, a, I am a Cowboys <laughs> fan. Okay, I, I'm gonna put that out. Everybody knows that on my podcast, but you know, right, right. I gotta put it out there and say I'm a Cowboys fan, and I've been driving myself crazy. Because, <laughs> you know, my owner, my owner and GM. You know, God bless him. He, he likes to put out these little nuggets and he likes right. to say that, you know, he's enamored with, with Kyle Pitts and he's spoken to Kyle Pitts and maybe there's a possibility yeah. that they move up. Now, I've been back and forth with a lot of people with this fellow Cowboys fans, just fellow people that, you know, love football. And I've been telling them that at 10, if, if uh, Kyle Pitts is on the board, mm-hmm. you have to take him. I don't care what the need is. I don't care if you need right. a quarterback. I don't care if you need an offensive line. If you have that type of Hall of Fame elite potential hybrid model tight end that's available there at number 10, mm-hmm. you cannot pass on him. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I saw that. I was just talking about this earlier on my podcast. We were talking about uh, Kyle Pitts and Jerry Jones. And it, it, like Jerry Jones – to me, he reminds me of a like a wrestling promoter. He's like, Vince McMahon. He, he's Vince McMahon. He's Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yes, and he could sell anything. Like, right. He, and that's what he was doing. Like he's just like it's almost like okay, Dallas Cowboys are one of the most well-known organizations we've ever seen in any sport. Right. And you know the, the you know billion they, they're worth all this money and all this even when they're not good. They're, they're still, still valuable. talked about. They're still <laughs> valuable, right? Exactly. So he and he he had to drum up something because I guess there was not enough publicity. Is not enough. This. So <laughs> I think that's what it was. He was trying to drum up things like, okay, like he knew he was going to pay Dak Prescott, but let's just drag this along just to get some, <laughs> just to get some talk to the media. And the media eats it up. They just yeah. eat it up. And, uh, Jerry Jones is a, he's a shrewd businessman. He's yes, a shrewd. He is. Media savant. Yes. That's what I call him. And, and, and I don't knock him for that. He's, he's really he's a good and smooth <laughs> operator. Yes, that's a good word for him. So now the Kyle Pitts thing. Like, I'm on the fence, too. Like, if he's there at 10, they're going to get him. But they don't – there's not a need. It's like, yeah. I mean, Titan is a need, but it's not that – that's not the need that – I think they need a corner. I think they need offensive line help before they need a tight end. But, as you said, this guy's a – he's going to be one of those generational talents where he can – you know, he can set up the tight end position as we haven't seen something like this in a while. You right. know, you got got a lot of great tight ends in the game right now. You know, Kelsey and, you know, Zach Ertz at one point, you know, and George Kittle. Uh, so you got a lot of good tight ends now. But something about Pitts, the, the way he can move, the way the, 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 he moves like a receiver. Um, he's he's got the height, 6'6", six, six, I've never seen anything like it, Courtney. I've no, me either. Like me either at all. So... If, if the Cowboys get him with all that talent they already have, they're going to be a dangerous team. <laughs> they're already dangerous offense as they are right now. And that's just more weapons. My only knock would be there's only one football. We always say this, that there's right. only one football. How is that going to distribute the football to, with all those receivers, all those weapons, and then with Kyle Pitts on top of that? And now Zeke wants to get back into being the elite running back too. So how are they going to be able to navigate all that? I mean, that's a great – problem to have yeah I guess. <laughs> you know right, right, but right. i think I, they need to go 
they need to go corner. I, I think they need to go corner, uh, get one of these top corners there in, in, in that at that ten at that ten slot. Yeah, listen, I, I don't disagree. Like you know, if 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 Kyle Pitts is not there, go after J.C. Horn, go after Patrick Sertain. I'm fine Sertain, with that. Yeah. But my yeah. my thing is this, and this is this is going to be my sell. If Jerry Jones is listening, you know, just, just, <laughs> you know, I, I am I am I am on your side, Jerry. Like, all right. In a scenario, Michael Gallup is in a contract year, right? Yeah. CeeDee Lamb, everybody said that it was a mistake for them to take him last year. But guess what? If Michael Gallup doesn't get retained, CeeDee Lamb now becomes the number two. So it actually yeah. is forth is foreshadowing. It's like it's 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 thinking ahead, right? Yeah. My right. thing is this Trayvon Diggs, cornerback that we drafted last year, he came on very late last year and played yes. well. He was one of the high-ranked, you know, uh, cornerbacks, according to Pro Football Focus, in the last, I think, like five weeks of the season. So he was starting to understand the NFL game. I right. see him making a tremendous impact year two. Now, if you already have a guy like that, and you can be able to say, okay, we take, we take uh, Kyle Pitts here. We can be able to get another cornerback and probably – round three or four because i think the cowboys have four third uh, third round picks this year so mm. they can be able to go ahead and address a lot of their needs but they hit a home run here right pits that makes a lot of sense because since dak prescott has been here he's loved tight ends jason witten was one of his favorite targets right right witten left you saw the struggle then, you know, last season, okay, Dalton Schultz came up fine, but he loves his tight end targets. And if he can be able to have a guy that has deep ball, uh, that is a deep ball threat one and is also a possession receiver because most tight ends are, that's what you're looking for for Dak Prescott. So in all actuality, Kyle Pitts is actually the better pick to pick for the Cowboys because of what it can be able to set up for everything else. Because they yeah. can be able to possibly trade a Dalton Schultz or, you know, trade a um, – I can't remember the other guy's name that we have tight end. He, got, he, he uh, tore his ACL last season. But, you know, hit, you know the, you have depth there. You can be able to get pits, and now you can be able to move and shake and do a little thing. So I'm curious to see what Jerry does. Jerry, if you're listening, move <laughs> up. Just call, call Atlanta and say, what do you want for number four? And let's just get this done. Right. right. <laughs> yes. And that's, that, that, that's funny. Cause when I was, when, you know, when the Eagles traded down and I thought the Eagles are six, Yeah, they had a chance to get somebody like a Pitts or a right. Chiefs. If they, you know, Pitts drops, he's going to be fifth, six. He's going to be in that range, yes. you know, five, seven range. And I'm thinking to myself, why are the Eagles? I still don't understand why they, I know they try to get draft picks. They're trying to build right. slowly, but they did. They went down to twelve, but now they want to move back up into the top seven. Right. So what are they? Okay, you got you were at six. You got those draft picks for next year. Right. So now Kyle Pitts is is sitting. I'm thinking to myself, this guy is not just you said not as a tight end. He's he he could be a receiver. He's gonna right. maybe you could line receiver. him up out there. Why am I the receiver? And then he's too big for for corners. And then he's too fast for linebackers. Right. So it's not like, you know, he, he can get open. So he's got enough speed, enough, a lot of size, and he's going to find those holes in those, in, in those defenses, kind of like a Travis Kelsey, 
and just be able to be productive. And I think that's what, you know, the Eagles, I mean, that Jalen Hurts would have loved a weapon like that. Yeah. <laughs> also like Kyle Pitts. So uh, I can see the Cowboys, if they slip, if he keep, if he slips, I can see the Cowboys, like you said, they get, they'll, they'll scoop him right up. They're like, he falls right on our lap. We, we got to get him. <laughs> right. Got to get him. Like CeeDee Lamb, CeeDee Lamb, like this, he literally sat just fell right into you guys' lap. It was unbelievable. It, it was, was unbelievable. unbelievable. I thought the Eagles were going to move up and yeah. get CeeDee Lamb. I said, CeeDee Lamb keeps dropping. He's not going to get past the Cowboys. Right. He's not going to get past the Cowboys. If not, the Jets were going to pick him. So right. it's not like, you know, we may see the same thing happen again. Like, Kyle yeah. Pitts is not going to – he's not. if he fall, keeps falling, falling, the Cowboys are going to get him. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Now, like I said, y- you are – I want to know. I want to know what you think about this. How did you feel when Carson Wentz was traded? Mm. Was it something that you expected? I, I well, not. I, I shouldn't say that. Was it something that you wanted, like a clean slate? Because my opinion of what happened with that Eagles era is that once Carson Wentz got hurt and Nick Foles stepped in there and won that Super Bowl, it was over for Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. because Eagles fans are very loyal and whoever wins it, they will, co- they will forever look at that guy as the guy. I mean, think about it. There's a statue of Nick Foles yes. at the stadium. <laughs> yep. So as like, you know, looking at it from, from Carson Wentz's point of view, it's like, I will never be able to exceed that. So right. he was already behind the eight ball. And then the fact that he was hurt, you know, the, the weapons around him started to, uh, you know, dissipate. The offensive line wasn't that great. You know, what are your thoughts on, on Carson Wentz? Did you, did you want that to happen? And are you comfortable with Jalen Hurts? I guess I have to be, right? right. I have to be, you know. Um, the people that know me, I'm a huge Wentz fan. I, I, good, I good, always good. like Carson Wentz, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him that, he gets to start over uh, with the coach. And he's going to be special over there. Yeah, he's going to be special, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the coach over there and, you know, there was our offensive coordinator. Right. He had his best year. Um, and that was the year when they was 11-2. and two, Yes, before uh, he got with, hurt. With, and before he got hurt in the Super Bowl, you know, and then Nick Foles takes over, takes over, gets hot, and wins the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, but, yes, now, did I think Wentz was going to get traded? I thought they was going to let it like have a one more run with him. I, right. I really did. I thought that they were, if once they got rid of Doug Peterson, I thought, okay, they're going to commit to wins one more season, but I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I've been saying it too. Once Nick Foles won that Super Bowl, it was over for Carson Wentz. There was nothing he could do. He would have to win multiple Super Bowls right. just to, just for the city, just to embrace him yes. and everything too. I think everybody knew, knows that he's the more talented quarterback over Nick Foles. Right. That, I mean, there's, there's no question about that. And I just think he just never got that fair chance. Like they, 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 they did commit to him, but they kind of didn't, you know, they didn't go all in yes. with him because th- it was a, I think he just had too much pressure on him. Now, last season, there was so much going on. Like, yes, he played terrible. Like, I can't deny that. Like, there was a lot of factors, but he played horrible. Like, the offensive line was decimated. They had, like, 11 different offensive line combinations. No, no weapons around him. No no committed weapons around him, really. And Doug Peterson, as a coach, I think he lost faith in him, too. Yes. And, and, and the play calling was questionable, to say the least. So, and then Wentz just was just terrible, but there was so much pressure. You, then you draft Jalen Hurts, second round, he's looking over his shoulder again. Yes. So only one, a man can only, a person can only take so much. You know, Nick Foles, 
the, the, the even the year after when Wentz gets got got hurt and Nick Foles, they almost went to the Super Bowl again. Right. Like if if if, if uh, Alshon Jeffrey doesn't drop that football against the Saints in the second round of playoffs, maybe the Eagles get to the Super Bowl again. I mean, <laughs> maybe they beat the Rams and they go they go against New England again. I mean, as it's possible, but it was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Wentz is like, here we go again. I gotta look on my show. So they got they got rid of Foles. Wentz has a great year the year after, but then they pick up, you know, a second round pick. You don't pick a second round pick without having, you know, a second rounder for a quarterback yeah. and they're not going to play. And then I think it was just the pressure. So, yeah, I'm glad he gets a fresh start, you know. So, um, but Jalen Hurts, I've got to give him a chance. I, I think, you know, he brought a spark. Um, I don't think we've seen enough. So I, I'm not sure what we're going to get out of him. But if they're going to commit to Jalen Hurts, they got to commit to him. they got to commit to him fully. Right. And I'll see, you know, he's, he's got a good, got a good, good arm. He can escape ability. Um, he could, he did, he did win. He did. He, he won at a, at a high clip in college. So, uh, we'll see what, what we got with Jalen Hurts. I'm still, still on the fence, but I mean, I'm committed to him. I gotta be. I have yeah, to no, nah, definitely. Definitely. No, nah, I respect yeah. that, man. Cause you know, the one thing about Jalen Hurts that I, I, and I'm very iffy on is that his accuracy, he's just yeah. he's never been yes. an accurate quarterback right. and accuracy is hard to fix for yeah. certain quarterbacks. You know, if you don't come in being accurate, very little chance that you're going to be accurate in the end right right so um you know we'll see how he develops that but um there's another you know last question about the about the eagles then we'll move to the nba um how much time does howie roseman get (laughs) how many people does he get to fire and how many different move you know interchangeable parts does he get to pick and choose and put this and take this guy out like when is it time for people to actually look at howie roseman and say He's the problem, not yes. everybody else. Right. It should be. It should have been this season. It should have been. I, I thought they was going to clean house. I, yes. I really thought it was going to start from the top. I thought Larry was going to be like, okay, we're going to get rid of High Roseman, Doug Peterson. Right. And then probably trade, uh, you know, Carson Wentz. We're going right. to just start over. We're going right. to have a new coaching. For, we're going to have a new coaching staff. We're going to have new management. We're going to go through, go all in. High Roseman, for some reason, sticks around and, uh, I don't know. I think, I think he's actually, I think he now he has this one season left. I think this is, this has got to be, he's got to draft. Well, he's never really had a great draft at all yeah. to say the least. And I think now this is the time. I think Jeffrey Lurie, maybe he is some, one of those relationships where maybe right. he has something on, 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 on Jeffrey Lurie. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta keep them. Yeah. But how many, how many times does this have to happen? Like, I don't know. I think it think now I think it's it's Jeffrey Lurie now he's getting more involved. Yes. Like he's saying Jalen Hurts is, should be the guy. So maybe Lurie's thinking like, did I fire the right guy? Should I have kept Doug Peterson? I thought Peterson was gonna get one more chance too. Right. I think he was I thought he was gonna go, let's go one more run. We gotta just get some more talent around Carson Wentz. Uh let's see. Maybe this was an anomaly. It was just a real bad year, yeah, COVID year and all that. But um, who knows? But now I think Roman has he has one year left. To, to really turn this around. If he doesn't, I think he's gone. Yeah, I, I just didn't understand it because, you know, you hire, you you allow him to hire a new coach. If they fire him, now the new GM comes in and he doesn't have to, he doesn't get to pick his coach. So now right. that dynamic between head coach and GM is weird instead of it being, yeah. you know, simpatico. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think they, I think they botched that, but we'll see yeah. how, how they, how they go forward. Now, the NBA right now is, you know, we're in that lull period of yeah, yeah. seeing who's going to 
getting to the playoffs, you know, what seedings like. And, you know, I, I've always been critical of the NBA that they don't put importance on the regular season. Mm. Like, you know, division titles are not celebrated. Things like that are not celebrated in the NBA. And it's why there's a low period in the NBA. Do you feel that that's something that Adam Silver needs to address? Like, should they put, you know, some onus on winning divisions? Should people that win divisions get the top three seeds in their in their conference rather than it not mean anything? Because I, I think if you put importance on winning your division, it will make the regular season more competitive, in my opinion. What do you I agree. Uh, I totally agree with that. I, I think they should put some more commitment to the regular season because back in the back in the day, regular season was big, man. Regular yeah. season was big. We loved it. Like I used to love when, like you saw the like the Bulls against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Sunday double like headers. That. Sunday oh, headers. Yeah, man. It was huge. Like and now, but you got so much of this. You know the management of your. You know the the time and oh the low you know, management, low management, low management and. It starts like when players are hurt, they could be they could be out. As long as the team is right in the in the mix, they can be like, oh, we can sit out another couple of weeks. Right. We can sit this out. These players can do that. Yeah, low management, I think, has hurt the regular season. Yes, and, it has. And then, you know, so Adam Silver, I think he can address, he should address this. And, and if he addressed that, I think that's what the low management, if he addresses like, you know, we have to have players, if you're healthy, you need to play. That's just, you know, because as a fan, I'm coming to see a game. Right. I'm coming to say my favorite player. Say, I want to see a LeBron. I want to see Steph Curry. I want to see, you know, whoever, Kawhi Leonard. Um, and they're not playing. They come to the city, they're not playing because of load management. They're not hurt. They just want to take some time off. Right. I wasted my money. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wanted to see these superstars because the NBA is built on superstars. They're, right. the, they're, the, they're the one league that is built on the stars, the superstars. So, yeah, I think if they, put something like some type of commitment or some type of rule that you have to, if, unless you're hurt, you have to at least play this amount of games. Um, it would make the regular season more competitive and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, I totally agree with you on, I think that it's, they should, they, he should address this. Um, and if not, take, if you take money from their paychecks and things like that, they will be more committed to playing <laughs> the regular season game. You think you get in their pockets. They, yeah. They'll definitely be more committed but yeah, it is, there's, there's a law of uh, teams are fighting for position. I think the next the next two weeks, teams that are fighting for position. But as long as you make the playoffs, you know that, that's all teams that's all teams really care about. Right, right, right. Definitely, man. Now, who is outside of you know the 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 noise in Brooklyn? Because everybody likes to to, to say that Brooklyn is a front runner. I don't particularly agree to that. Uh, you know, I watch too much basketball to just say yeah. that they're the favorites. Now, wh- who do you, who are your favorites in regards to who do you possibly see coming out of the East that's not Brooklyn, and who do you see coming out of the West that possibly is not the Lakers? Mm. So for the East, yeah, I don't have Brooklyn either. I think um, with Brook, I think with Brooklyn, if you know the chemistry is, if they come back and the chemistry is there, they they should come out because they have the best talent from the top three. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't see them because it could be a you know, a Kevin Durant injury. It could be a Kyrie Irving doesn't want to, he wants to sit out game three of a, right. of an important game because right. something's happened. James Harden, we, he's, he's never really 
produced in the playoffs. Like right. That. So it, we it, it would, worry about that. It would be like he's sitting out anyway, Gordon, because he's not yeah. effective in the playoffs. Right. He's not effective in the playoffs. So, <laughs> so do we do we commit that? You know, like do, <laughs> do we all of a sudden forget about that? Like, yeah. come on, like uh, so. And I, I still feel like they have enough. I don't feel like they have enough depth to to get out of the East. But I'm with you. If, if I had today, if I had to pick the the team to come out of the East, I think there's two. I'm still a believer in the Milwaukee Bucks. I still, yes, for some too. reason, I think they're flying under the radar. Yep. Which maybe this is good because, like, the last two years, they were the best regular season. And the pressure uh, was on. Right. The pressure was on them. Now that nobody's really talking about them, um, Giannis can be like, okay, let's, you know, we have Drew Holiday. We have players that can actually produce in the play. I still feel like they got to surround him with just a better, you know, maybe That's more great, shooters. Yeah. Things That's like a great that. point. You know, so maybe now with the pressure not on them as much, they can actually come out of the East. But I still feel like the Sixers may be the team to be in the East because there's no answer for Joel Embiid. Right. He's healthy and in shape. We have to put the heavy. He's healthy <laughs> and in shape. And he continues to be like, he's playing MVP basketball right oh, now. Oh, yes, like, he is. He's my MVP I mean, right now. Yeah, he, he's definitely top two in the MVP in the MVP conversation. And now and they have and they have competent coaching now. Like they have a coach that's been through it. Um, you know, has won a championship. Yeah. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers. They have a guy that keeps they hold them accountable. And they you know Benson's gotta get healthy and, and and all these things. But I think the Sixers, they have shooting, they have the, they have one of the best players in the league, um, and Joel Embiid playing a high a level. There's nobody in the East that can stop him. Right. So I still feel like the Sixers might be the team to be in the East. Um, for the West, if you don't, if you say the Lakers, if you don't say the Lakers, I was on Denver, but now they got too many significant injuries. So I can't say them. I'm not a believer in Utah, really not in the playoffs. Yeah. No, nobody ever believes in Utah. Yeah, not, not in the playoffs. <laughs> and I, and I think they, I think they peaked early anyway. I think they peaked, <laughs> peaked early. Uh, Portland, I just don't think they have enough. Even Dame can, he could carry a series or two. I get, you know, Clippers. I don't know if I'm going to fall for them again. I thought they were the Don't team. do it. Don't do it. I'm not going to do it. it. I'm not going to do, do it. You know, the Phoenix Suns are interesting. Yes, I think they are. They, they, with getting Chris Paul, who's also in the MVP conversation, yes. turning them around with Devin Booker, uh, with DeAndre Aiden. I mean, they're, they're seven, eight guys. Their rotation is good enough. I think that can, can contend. And Chris Paul, I mean, just – his presence on the floor as a point guard, his presence on the floor. I mean, he turned OKC around. Right. Now he's turned the Phoenix Suns around. So it's something about him is intangibles, the way he can, the way he plays. And he doesn't like, he doesn't, you know, with Devin Booker, he knows Devin Booker's the guy. Yeah. So he doesn't try to step over Devin Booker. And now Booker in the playoffs with Chris Paul, man, they're going to be dangerous. So if I had to commit to like right today, but off the leg, I think the Phoenix Suns could be the team to beat in the West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, all of those points that you made are fair, man, because, you know, I I always call Chris Paul the GOAT in honorable mention. Like, he mm. is one of those guys that is like, he's an organizational, like, he, he can he can uplift your organization. He's yeah. A, he's a culture changer. Like, right, if, you, right. if, you, if you bring him in, you know that he's not coming to mess around. He can go to the worst franchise, and he's going to say, we are winners. I don't yeah. want you guys thinking that you're losers. We're going to come in here. We're going to compete. We're going to win. And yep. he brings that that energy. And, you know, you've always heard stuff about Chris Paul in regards to people not wanting to play with him. And he's too hard to play for because he's too demanding. Well, he gets results in regards to getting his teams yeah. to the playoffs. So, you know, if you got a guy like Chris Paul on your team, 
you have to listen to him. Now, granted, he's he's never been to an NBA Finals. You know, he got he got close. That's fine and all. You know, that that's a knock on his career. Okay, cool. But he's still a great culture, you know, a uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, builder. And and that's why I had wanted him for the Knicks. The Knicks are doing great right now. Yeah, if they yeah. would have got Chris Paul. The Knicks would have been probably a top two team in the in the in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah, but um, you know, to to going back to your point about Milwaukee, I I, I am a hundred percent in agreement with you. Like I think Milwaukee has what it takes to beat a team like Brooklyn. I yeah. think that they have the defense. I think that Drew Holiday is a significant upgrade to what they had last year with Eric with uh with Eric Bledsoe. And, yeah, you know, Eric Bledsoe was never a championship level point guard to me. Drew Holiday is. Yeah, they can defend. Yes. He can score. He can create his own shot. So you have guys that can be able to now compete on a on a dog level with Giannis. Now you have yes. Drew Holiday. You have um, excuse me, what what's my man's name? PJ Tucker. You know, you Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Yeah, that that are gritty and they can be able to just you know mix it up. So I like them. The only problem that I have with with uh Philly, I like Philly. I love Embiid. I think he's doing phenomenal things this season you know he his maturity I think he's he's a little bit more mature this year he's been yes. a, he's been very immature in his career but this year he's taken another step the only problem that I have Courtney is <laughs> it's got to be Doc Rivers Doc Rivers mm. is my issue right right although he's a upgrade to what they had Red Brown yes Doc Rivers <laughs> yeah. Doc Rivers is the only coach in NBA history to blow mm-hmm. three, three, one leads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it matters because, it you know, when you, I always look at it like this players get you to the playoffs coaches win you championships. Yes. It all totally depends agree. on what those coaches are doing in regards to adjustments, quarter to quarter game to game, which mm-hmm. leads a team to win titles. Doc rivers outside of one particular special year with the Boston Celtics, has fallen flat in regards to execution and what he's supposed to do to get this team over the hump. So I'm very concerned with him because he's been in this situation before. He's had uber-talented teams, but they've always seemed to choke when you don't want them to. So he has a lot to prove. Embiid has a lot to prove in regards to him being the, the, the leader and the focal point of a team. Ben Simmons has a lot to prove. So they all have a lot to prove. So maybe that's what galvanizes them together and makes them get over the hump. But man, Doc Rivers to me, I'm telling you, he, he, he makes me nervous. He really makes me nervous because I just don't, I don't trust. Him. I don't that, trust and that's him. a good point. Cause the last time we saw Doc Rivers in the bubble with the Clippers, yeah. uh, they self-destructed and, and, you know, he got all the blame. I and mean, it wasn't was his a, fault. It was, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. You know, Paul George, and they didn't want to really want to be there. Paul George's poor play. Kawhi just didn't seem right. Like, right. it was just like one of those years. But the Clippers were so talented, as you said. The talent alone should have got them into the – and they blew that lead. They blew yeah. – like you said, they blew the lead to Denver. Right. Um, and they should have beat Denver. Right. Um, but you're right. I think that's a great – that's a fair point because Doc Rivers, he sometimes gets in his own way. I think it's 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 almost – a uh, I don't know if it's – I don't know what you call it. It's just one of those things like he coaches great teams – and like you said, when it comes to the player, I mean, yes, can he motivate him? And I think it's it is a, a huge upgrade over Brett Brown. Yes, I mean Brett Brown, 
he just looked like a deer in headlights the last few years. Yes. And almost, I thought maybe he should have been fired two years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, look, I, no, to your point, you know, Brett Brown was always a developmental coach to me. Yeah, and, right. and they made the mistake of letting Monty Williams walk out the door. Yes. They should have fired yes. Brett Brown that year and gave yep. Monty Williams a job. But go ahead. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, of yeah. course. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And um, now with Doc Rivers, he does have, he you know, Joel and B playing at a such an exceptional level. Like he's right. playing at an MVP level. Yes. And if he continues to keep be motivated, don't get injured. Sixers are dangerous, but yeah, Ben, they, they all have pressure on him. Ben Simmons definitely has pressure on him because, yeah. you know, Ben Simmons, as talented as he is, there's always still something missing with his yes. game. Like, yes. and it's not even just the jump shooting or the lack of it. Um, it's just something like, I don't know if it's the motor. I don't know if it's something that's not in him, but Maybe Doc Rivers can get that out of him. But I think now they've surrounded them with some – they got Danny Green's playing at a really yes, good is. level. I mean, I was just reading something that he's – like his career highs and three-point percentages. And, yeah, he's lost stuff defensively, but he's still a decent, decent defender, you know, yeah. defen- the defensive, um, you know, perimeter defender. And you got Seth Curry. I mean, that's Chris Curry. Like, that's another right, right. Curry. He's not the level <laughs> of spell stuff, but he can still shoot. He can he's shoot it, the right. Curry name. I mean, he's a, this is in sleep. So they they got shooters. They they had the pieces to make a great run. I tell you this, if they don't make it to the conference, the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to have to blow that team up. I think that, that that's where the pressure, like, oh, Ben Simmons, we got to get rid of you. We get there something. Tobias Harris is having an all-star caliber year. Right. So it's set up for them to at least make the – Eastern Conference Finals. If they don't, they're gonna be some. The Philly gonna. There's gonna be some. Um, people are gonna really be like, look, we gotta, we gotta get rid of some players. We gotta, yeah. You know, we gotta start this over. Yeah. Now, you know, you made a great point there, and I wanna. I guess I wanna segue into the team that I think, if they don't make a run, they're going to have to blow it up, and that's the Boston Celtics. Mm. I think mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics right now, Courtney, they are in a quandary. They are in a tough spot because yes. I like Jason Tatum. I like Jalen Brown, but that's about it. I mean, you look at that roster, Courtney, and it's not impressive. It's not an impressive roster. And for years now, years, decades, I've been screaming to the heavens, to the heavens (laughs) that Danny Ainge is one of the worst GMs in the league. Yes. He's one of those guys that if it's not, if it doesn't feel like he won the trade, he won't do it. This right, is why, right. you know, everybody say, oh, well, he got, you know, Evan Fournier from the Magic. The Magic were giving him away. They wanted for nothing, him for basically. Nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. In that situation, of course, he's going to go after Evan Fournier because he's not giving up anything. But right. every time a big player was on the market, when Anthony Davis was out there, oh, the Celtics are in the mix. James Harden is out there. Oh, well, the Celtics are in the mix. It's yep. They're always in the mix, but he never knows how to pull the trigger because he's not that good. And you yeah. saw in regards to the roster construction this year, and in not even this year, years before that, when he signed Al Horford to that big deal, Al Horford was a big, vital piece of that team. And he let Horford walk for nothing. Nothing, for yeah. Nothing, yep. and didn't replace him. Didn't replace right. him. <laughs> then you, you you let Gordon Haywood walk out the door for nothing, and yeah. you don't replace him. You see what Gordon Haywood's doing in Charlotte now. Obviously, he's hurt and banged up, but he's still having a productive season. Those yeah. are things that you need to look at when you look at a GM or president of basketball operations. He's not that good. And if they don't 
if they don't get to where they, they want to be, which is the NBA finals, Courtney, it's not the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference finals. They've been there. No, right. They've they been there a couple times. The yeah. Finals. <laughs> at, you know, I, I don't look at it as Brad Stevens fault, but Brad Stevens may end up getting the, uh, the blame for it because obviously it's always the coach first. They're going to look at the right. coach first. Then they're going to look at the roster and then look upstairs. They should be looking upstairs first and then everything else, because yeah. that's where the problem's coming from. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was all in with the Celtics the last couple of years because right. I thought like, okay, you got Kimball Walker last year. If Kimba is the Charlotte Kimball Walker, but he hasn't been that. He's been injured. He's been hurt. He's been banged he, up, yeah. You he's know, been that banged up. And, and, it just, and it just seems like the – I don't know. Maybe this season it just seems like the, the, the chemistry is off. When he came yes. back, I mean, he's starting to get it going now, and that will help. Yes. But as you right, it's it's that roster construction of the Celtics, and that goes to that that goes to Danny Ainge. Right. And you're in Danny Ainge. He was. I remember he at one point the Celtics had all these draft all picks. these draft picks, and they uh, do nothing with them. They do nothing. nothing with them. Like you could have traded, you could have got a Anthony Davis. And right. You're right, Kawhi Leonard. You could have right. like, made some moves to get Drew Holiday something right. to to help out Tatum and Brown. And what's funny? And, what's funny about that? You know, I'll make you finish your point. He drafts guys like Grant Williams, Ojale. Yeah. Like, these yeah. are the things that you did with all of these draft picks. You've all done nothing picks, yeah. with them. Exactly. Nothing with them. You were loaded with picks. You were loaded with picks. <laughs> there, was the, there was that protective pick. I think, it was from the, I think it was from the Clippers, I believe. Right. That they had for a long time, and he done nothing with it. It was nothing. like, oh, this is the pick. This is the pick. Like, but you done nothing with it. So, yeah. um, yes, you did. Yeah, you got Tatum, got Brown. You know, Marcus Smart. I, I do like what Marcus Smart brings, but – the offense is just that they don't have enough offense. That's that's their issue. I think the offense of talent outside of Tatum and Brown and sometimes Kemba, it just doesn't mix. But you go and get Tristan Thompson, right? Who brings you nothing. Like, okay, yeah, he brings you size, but that's it. Like yeah. he, he's a, he's your starting center. Gordon Hayward, I thought was a huge mistake. Yes. And I remember talking, we we, we shout out Gabby Hurlbut, like said, she's a huge Celtics fan. Yes. And we were talking about that and and I was telling her, like, the Gordon Hayward move is going to bite you guys because this is a guy that can handle the ball. He's all he could, he's a he's real good offensively. Right. Maybe he didn't fit their system, maybe. Right. Um, but you got a guy that was a ball handler. You need somebody else besides Kemba that can handle the ball. Get your 17 points off the bench yeah. easily. Yeah. Gordon Hayward can score. He's a scorer. Right. He can handle the ball and he can play a little bit of defense. So, right. but they just they got they just let him go. Like they just let him go. And I think if they would have kept him, that they would have been a top three team in the league, like in the East. I just, uh, yeah, I don't think they, they, they're not, they're going to run into Philly. They're going to run into Milwaukee. They're going to run into Brooklyn. And they're going to lose. And, and they're going to lose. They're going to yeah. lose. And, and they, 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 they're not going to beat, I don't think they're going to be any of those three teams. And they might be the fourth, maybe the fifth best team in the East, maybe. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't I think they don't have enough offensively to to get to get to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, definitely want to want to talk about the Knicks before we, we, we get out of here. How impressed are you with the Knicks? Mm, very impressed. I'm very surprised of <laughs> how good they are. Like they they have committed like they, they're finally relevant again. We'll yeah, just say that. Yeah. And I think getting. Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, I think that was a huge, I think that was one of the best moves they could have ever done because Thibodeau can coach. Like this yes, guy is a is a is a good coach, a side coach. He holds these guys accountable. 
Uh, he's unlocked Julius Randle. I mean, Julius Randle is playing the MVP. He's in the MVP conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, we yeah. can't even – people cannot even deny that. And the, the way they're, they're constructing the roster now, it seems like now they're committed to winning. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised of how good they are. I thought, like, they could be an eighth, ninth, you know, one of those things. That would have been – that would have been a – a you know impressive thing to, for them to, to be but yeah to be whether fifth now sixth or yeah, something like, like that, four, that right the fifth something like four that. the fifth right now and they've won what 10 straight nine ten straight uh is, is amazing so i mean shout out to the knicks and uh finally now committing to the talent that they have struck in a roster that can actually be a winning roster and then this can this can build for years on end now that they but Thibodeau I think getting Tom Thibodeau to coach them and hold hold the players accountable and things like they did in Chicago um not so much in Minnesota <laughs> it was just a it was just a bad that was just a bad bad yeah. match with with him with with Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and those guys but Thibodeau now he's a solid coach so yeah the Knicks are have been very impressed yeah man like you know I, I definitely agree with everything you said you know with uh with Tom Thibodeau, you know, shouts to Homer Simpson. That's what I call him. He's a great, great motivator. He, he, he's yeah. a hard-nosed guy. He's a New York guy. And it, it's, it works out when he can just coach. I think what yeah. happened to him in Minnesota is that they were so enamored with him when he was in Chicago. They was, okay, well, we're going to make you the GM as well. He's not, that's not his job. That's not right. his job to pick players. His job is to mold these players and to get them to, to do what he needs them to do. The, what, what the most impressive thing to me with the Knicks is that defensively, how good mm. they look. Yes. They are, they are a team. I'm telling you, Coney, it all depends on the playoff matchup. If yep. they have a favorable playoff matchup, they can be able to cause some, some damage, some real damage. Yeah. They may be able to win a playoff round. I'm not saying that they will. But with that defense, they have a chance to do so because they lock people up. They really yeah. do. They, really they do. do. They, they got dogs, and that's that's Thibodeau's uh, yeah. calling card. I mean, the knock on Thibodeau, Thibodeau was his uh, offense. It was the way his offense was. When he was in Chicago, it was Derrick Rose and everybody else. Right. It was like Derrick Rose didn't have a, bad, a good game. It's almost kind of like what the Warriors are going through. Then now, Steph Curry's got to play so outworldly yes. for them to even be competitive. and. You know, Curry K is not gonna be able to sustain his run. Oh no, he's, he's getting tired. Things. If you if you yeah, know. super impressive. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and that's what with Thibodeau, like it was it was Derrick Rose, and then it was like they but they committed to hard nosed defense with right. those wild things, Joaquin Noah's and all that. So the Knicks have that type of formula where they're defending and they're defending hard, but that's Thibodeau's calling card is defense, and but he has enough offensive guys that can actually create their own shot and do their own thing, and. Right. It's it's you know it's, it's it's good to see and shout out to Worldwide West too for right. uh, you know that they the they're finally letting their, now the front office is not a joke right and, then, and they're letting the you know he's trying to bring a winning culture I didn't think it was going to be this quickly but hey I mean it's it's good for the NBA when the Knicks are this good it's great for the it's great for the NBA yes uh, when the Knicks are this good but Worldwide West is now they're they're finally maybe committed to to putting a, a winning product on the on the court. Right, definitely. Shouts out uh, to Leon Rose as well. So you know, yeah. yes, Leon Rose too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think what's been holding the Knicks back for years, decades, is that they're always watching other people's players. Right. Yes. They, they, you know, <laughs> Knicks fans. Knicks fans are the most knowledgeable sports fans or basketball fans on on the planet because they know everybody's player, they know everybody's stats, and they say, "Oh, this guy's gonna he's gonna look good in New York. He'll come to yeah. New York. Everybody <laughs> wants to come to New York." 
I think the finally what they've done is that they've realized we have to build our own stars. We can't wait for guys to want to come here. If we build the culture from inside, develop these guys, then people will want to come here. If the environment is toxic, nobody wants to play here. So what yeah. you're seeing is that R.J. Barrett is starting to play better. Uh, you know, you have Emmanuel Quigley. You have, you know, Julius Randle, who's, who's, who stepped up his game. I never thought coming out of Kentucky he would be this type of player. But, you know, he's, he's, he's built himself into this player. He's built himself into a good three-point shooter, shooting over 40%. He's built himself into a great passer. You know, he's still not a great defender, but on a team concept type of team defense, he can be able to hold his own. So, right. you know, they're, they're, they're building and creating their own stars. And this is what they should have been doing from day one. So the fact that they're doing this now, kudos to them for actually figuring it out that you need coaches, you need development, you need, yeah. to, you, you need to scout, you need to draft well, and everything else will fall into place. You can't operate like the Lakers. The Lakers are the, the, the team that they can get any star they want because it's the Lakers and it's California, it's LA. You can be able to sell that. New York right. is a little different, you know what I mean? So, you know, just like Oklahoma City, they realize that they can't pull the big stars. So what do they focus on? Drafting well and developing their guys. And this is why, you know, out of many organizations in, in the history of basketball, look how many MVPs they've had come through their ranks. Look how yeah. many good players they've come through that have come through their ranks. So, you know, it's, it's kudos to them of how they know, they, they know themselves. They know how to develop. They know how to draft and they stick within what works for them. The Knicks now are doing something similar and that's why they're having some success. So if they end up getting a big time free agent next season, that's that's kudos and that's that's all because they've they've put in the work. They've put in the work the yeah. right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I like I like what I'm seeing. I definitely like what yeah, I'm seeing. Yeah, the, the development, if they could commit and continue to commit to that and develop that culture, like yeah. you said, that that winning culture, develop these young players that they get in drafts or and then, and then they could be able, like you said, they can swing for the fences to get exactly a, a big superstar. It's not that like you said, like it was 70 years ago, it was like Oh, they're getting LeBron. Oh, yeah. we're gonna get D Wade. Right. Look at it. the Knicks. They're always, <laughs> always getting someone. Right. We're gonna get Chris Paul. We're gonna get all these guys. Yeah. At that time, it's like, well, develop it first. Exactly. And then that one superstar you will get. You said they're not the Lakers. The Lakers can can do that because they are LA. Right. Right. They are. They're Hollywood. They right. they get that's that they can sell that and it. Right. And it it, sometimes it works for them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they can get don't. the LeBrons. They can get the Anthony Davises right. or whatever. They can do those things, but. Um, but now, you know, the Knicks, I think if they could continue to commit to that, they, they should, they, 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 they could be, they could be a, a good, like a really good team within these next few years and yeah. continue to build. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, it's just like the Field of Dreams movie. They say, if you build it, they will come. And that's, how, right. yes. that's <laughs> how, that's how they need yeah. to focus on. You know what I mean? So right, right. You know, before you get out of here, Cody, I like to play uh, a little game, my guest called Rapid Fire, where I just okay. kind of spit out some names. And you give me your opinion on who's better, and I'm not gonna debate you. This is your opinion, and we just okay. we just move on. So All right. let's I'm see. Let's, let's start with football. Better quarterback, Tom Brady or Joe Montana? Ooh, Tom Brady. Okay. He's the goal now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Better quarterback, Peyton Manning or John Elway? Ooh. I'll go with Peyton. 
I think okay. Peyton Manning's, yes, yes. And slightly. Now I'm yeah. a huge away from Iago Team Manning. Okay. Better quarterback. Last with the quarterbacks. Drew Brees or Dan Marino? I'm going to go with Drew Brees. I'll okay. say Drew Brees, yeah. All right, yeah. so you, you're, going com- you're going completely new school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'm using the old school, but I'll go, I'll go Drew Brees, yes. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better running back, Marshall Falk or LaDainian Tomlinson? Marshall Falk. Nice. I'm a Marshall Falk fan, too. I love yeah, him. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Better Eagles quarterback, Donovan McNabb or Randall Cunningham? Got to go with my man Randall. My, <laughs> one of my favorite Eagles of all time. Love Donovan, <laughs> but the guy Randall, he's always going to have something in my heart. That was yeah, my, yeah. One of my first games, so yeah, Randall Cunningham. That's definitely. fair, that's fair. <laughs> all right. Um, better receiver, Terrell hmm. Owens or Randy Moss? Randy Moss. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Moss. Yeah, I like that. Moss. Let's see. Better defensive lineman, Aaron okay. Donald or Michael Strahan? <sighs> Ooh. Aaron Donald. I think he's got definitely the the goods to. Okay. To, to, yes. I think he's going to. Yeah. I got to go with Donald. Okay. Yeah. My one baseball question. I always ask people this one. I, okay. I, I, I'm curious. <laughs> uh, better player, Barry Bonds? Or Ken Griffey, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Gotta go, with my man Ken Griffey, man. That was my favorite player growing <laughs> up, man. Gotta go with Griffey. Love Bonds. I do love Bonds, but gotta yeah. go with Griffey. All right, yeah. that's fair. All right, uh, better defender, Draymond Green, or Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman, easily, yeah, <laughs> easily. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with <laughs> yes. you. I'm with you. Better defender, Kawhi Leonard or Scottie Pippen? Scotty Pippen. Nice. Gotta go with Pippen. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Pippen was him and Rodman and Jordan when they were off. Oh, yeah, definitely. They yeah. were terrors, man. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. fair. Uh, better shooter, uh, Ray Allen or Reggie Miller? Ray Allen. Gotta mm. go with Ray. Yeah, definitely gotta go with Ray Allen. I think just because he could he could do it a little bit more, definitely off the dribble. Yeah. Um, and get a shot off. So I gotta go with Ray. Uh, nice. That one. Nice. Better point guard, Isaiah Thomas or Chris Paul? Isaiah Thomas. Nice. <laughs> yeah, gotta go Zeke. Yes, yeah, Zeke, definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, better pure passer, Magic Johnson or LeBron James? Magic. I think the Showtime Lakers, they was just something to watch, man. And that size, what he can do. Yeah, they gotta go with Magic. It's that better pure passer. Definitely. Got you. Uh, let's see. Better pure scorer. We're just talking about scoring now. Okay. Michael Jordan or James Harden? Still MJ. I think if you put MJ against anybody, you think, yeah, it's got to be. I think it's Michael, definitely Michael Jordan. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, who would you rather have? Steph Curry or Allen Iverson? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to go with Curry. On this one, yeah, <laughs> I love AI, but I'm a I'm a Curry guy, so I yeah. gotta go with my man Steph. Yeah, I think I gotta go with Curry. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, yeah. um, better seven foot scorer, Dirk mm-hmm. or Kevin Durant? Ooh, that's a good one. <sighs> I gotta go KD. Yeah. I think KD's uh he he could do 
a little bit more than with dirt. Than, yeah, than he's a hybrid. Dirt. He's a freak. yes, yes, yes. I think he's actually what Kevin Durant might be the best pure scorer we've ever seen. To just he, about it's de- it's definitely debatable. Yeah, but yeah. he's up there. He's up there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Last one. Who would you rather have as a big man? I'm going to give you three. Is okay. it Hakeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm. or Shaquille O'Neal? Every time I do these rankings, I always have Kareem up there. So I got to go Kareem slightly over Hakeem and Shaq. But yeah, I think Kareem, just because of the longevity of his career, yeah. I got to go. Kareem, to me, is the top three player of all time. So oh, I 100%. Go 100%. Yes, I go Kareem. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I I go cap all the time. I'm I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm biased. Yeah. You know, I love okay. I love Shaq, but yep. man, the cap was special. So you know he was special. Definitely. He he was special. He played a high level for many, many years. So yeah. gotta definitely go with Kareem. Yeah, man. Well, listen, Courtney, this was fun, man. You know, thank you yes. for coming on the show. Uh, you know, just tell everybody, you know, what you got going on right now, what you got going on for the future as well. Well, thanks a lot, man, for letting me come on the show. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you. I appreciate what you do, man. Uh, your podcast is uh, is definitely one of the best I've heard. So it's uh, I appreciate it, man. And yeah, I really appreciate that. But thanks for letting me come on the show. Uh, yeah, you can find me on all social media, uh, most all social media platforms. Um, at Get the Real Deal on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram, CJ Harden seventy nine, Facebook as well. You can follow the show again at, at Get the Real Deal. It's on Spreaker, Spotify. Apple, uh, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you can find it, Real Deal with Courtney Harden. And just keep on looking out. I put out a lot of content, put out content on Zoom, uh, but the show is usually on Saturday. That's the normal show. But I, I, I put a lot of just a lot of shows on Zoom um, also during the week. So, yeah, definitely continue to follow the show and just trying to get it to the to the level, just try to keep building up and get it to a great, a real good level. Nah, definitely, man. Definitely. You know, just keep grinding. Like, you know, us fellow podcasters, you know, we got to stick together. So yeah, there's anything you need, any, any advice, you know, I'm, I'm always here. I'm always here to lend a good word. So, you know, just keep grinding out there, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it, man. Definitely. Definitely. I'd like to thank my man, Courtney Harden for coming on the show. Great conversation, chopping it up with him. Check out his podcast, the real deal. You know, he's an Eagles fan. I'll I'll forgive him for that. I'll forgive him for that. Just as long as they don't do anything crazy and trade up in the draft and go get Kyle Pitts. Because if they do that, then me and Courtney are going to have some problems. <laughs> Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Saturday. It's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out to the Old Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, 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 What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, you, you want to say to the people? Shout out to my young podcast. Yeah, my man got the What's up? Old Even. Old Even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> oh, we put this girl something. Old Even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you got well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all even podcast, right? Yeah, all even. Shout even. out to all even podcast, right? Yeah. All even. That's your man? My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. 100%. He cool. Is he? He cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. 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 Yeah
Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com We're everyday apparel for cigar smokers Let's get it What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D It's your boy Alfred from the Rap Lab Podcast And it's the one and only True G Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant Boy, that shit crazy Welcome back, y'all So without further ado the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So let's just get right to it, shall we? May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is the European Super League. And whoever created this idea is my... Dummy, yeah. Because it was all... It was all good a week ago, right? Everybody was talking about this European Super League and they're going to have 20 of the top teams in all the world to be able to be in this league and make a lot of money because of the COVID. It, it affected a lot of financial pockets of these rich billionaires and these these football clubs. Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you ever had an idea that sounded good in your head? And then when you pitch that particular idea to people, they're looking at you like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's never going to work. And then you'd be like, yeah. okay, okay, all right. You know, it sounded good when it was in there, but, you know, when I, when I actually said it, 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 it yeah, yeah, you, you got me. This is exactly what this Super League is. You had all these clubs, all these billionaires talk about, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. We can be able to make more money, make more money on top of money. And we're going to be able to affect all the other leagues and all the other clubs and all this other stuff. But we don't care because it's all about us. Wrong. Fans said, uh-uh, we don't want this. And in quick succession, all of these owners come out with their press clippings or their announcements that they've backed out of the league. Owner of the Liverpool FC, John Henry, took to his Twitter or Instagram and he had like a two and a half minute spiel about fans you know we we appreciate you guys and yes it was a mistake we we should have had more information and kept you more informed bs the backlash is what stopped you guys from going through with this had the fans be like yeah it's a great idea we love it it would have continued now here's the kicker though real madrid's president florentino perez says these teams can't leave they can't leave. There's a binding contract. Binding contract. So all of the six or 12 teams that already left, they can't leave. <laughs> this is a complete, say it with me, dumpster fire. <laughs> this, is, this is a joke. You can't make this up. You cannot make this up. And FC Barcelona, they've come out and said, well, you know, we're going to see how things go. We're going to see how it goes because... You know, we, we, we're confident that this can be able... The only reason why they care is because they're broke. <laughs> they are like $2 billion in a hole or something like that. They are broke. They need money. They need money in the worst way. So they don't care how they get it. If they're going to patrol themselves on the side of the street to go get it done, <laughs> they will do it. They will do it. Why? Because they have no choice. This is, this is a joke. It's a circus. This is Big Top, Ringling Brothers. This is 
<laughs> you would think that these European clubs, they actually have, like, intelligent people that are running their their business, their operations. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. They just they just go ahead and say, hey, we, we should just start this thing. Hey, let's do it. Like, no kind of, like, conversation. You don't have any focus groups. You don't put out a survey to your fans. You don't. No, 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 no. It's just some billionaires boys club that wants to do something that they think they can do because that's how billionaires think you can't tell them what to do they're gonna do whatever they want they're gonna say whatever they want and they're gonna go ahead and say that it's for your benefit we're doing it for you it's the fans you're supposed to back us nah nah nope fans are saying we don't want this garbage take it back and when you take it back make sure you burn it and make sure when you burn it you actually put water on it again to make sure all the particles get all wet and soggy and it's, it, it can't be saved, can't be salvaged. Get rid of everything that has to do with this stupid, stupid idea. Sheesh. And here I thought Major League Soccer in this country was a dumpster fire. <laughs> Hold my beer. So all these teams in the European Super League, the only thing staying around is the stink of rejection. <laughs> But all of you are winners for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.